Have you ever wondered why Jesus picked the disciples that he did pick? You know, did Jesus get his team right? What about Judas? You know, come to think of it, what about Peter? We read on these days, Jesus went to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. So for Jesus, choosing his disciples wasn't some kind of arbitrary decision. He spent the whole night speaking with God to put together the team that he wanted. Have a look around. That means backwards as well. <laughs> you know, some faces you know very well. Some faces you don't know well. Some faces you really know nothing about. And if we were being really honest, well, there are one or two faces here you wish weren't. <laughs> God has brought all of us here this morning because he wants to show the people of Dumfries it's possible for a diverse group of people to live together in community. Because our first feeling this morning is living in community is God's ideal for everyone. That's why he's assembled us to live in community, different though we, we may be. Living in community is God's ideal for everyone. Why? Because before God created anything, Father, Son, Holy Spirit live together in perfect unity and community. But we see that the kind of community that God chooses tends to be different from the way we choose the community we would like. And this morning I want us to look at the community that Jesus chose, the community that he said, this is where my ministry is going to be carried out. And I'm going to leave this bunch of people with the task to evangelize their worlds. So, why did he choose these people? Was any of them special? Some of the disciples we know quite a lot about, others we know maybe just their names. But these twelve were all chosen and appointed by God. First one, Simon Peter. He's a disciple who is always listed first. And our fill-in for Simon is, Simon Peter was first in faith, but also first in failure. Peter was brave enough to walk on water. But had it not been for Jesus, he would have sunk without a trace. Peter thought nothing of defending Jesus with a sword. But we all know he was the one who denied Jesus three times. Peter was the one who often spoke and acted before engaging brain. Recognize any Peters? Fellow <laughs> number three, James and John were the angry brothers. One day when walking through a Samaritan village, Jesus and his disciples were not welcomed. Now that's hardly surprising because for centuries the Jews and the Samaritans just did not get on. They did not at all. So what's the reaction of the disciples? When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? What a reaction. No wonder they're the angry brothers. 
They don't seem to like us. Let's just burn them. I always thought they must have had a little bit of faith because if Jesus said, yeah, you call down fire then. Let me see you. That was their reaction just because they were snubbed. Do you ever have a temper tantrum? Is it ever your way of the highway? If you do, you can identify with James and John. Pillar number four. You're Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. The next disciple is Andrew. Now we know more about Andrew because he's our patron saint. But everyone else is Simon Peter's brother. Andrew's the one who's always in the background. He seems to bring folk to Jesus all the time. But his work is always in the background. <coughs> Who wants to be known as the brother of the one who's always up front? The brother of the one who always gets the preaching? Why is it never Simon Peter, Andrew's brother? We must have at least one brother like that in our midst. Pillar number five, Philip in a clique with Peter, Andrew, James and John. I bet you never thought there was a clique in the disciples. These men all knew each other because they came from the same place, Bethsaida. And they stuck together and they laughed at all the insider jokes of their town. Nobody else understood them. They were always together, four of them, telling stories about what happened. They laughed when nobody else could laugh. So they were the wee clique that stuck together. If you've been in this church for a long time, you've made friendships for a long time, you've shared your life with people for a long time, I wonder how easy it was for the disciples to fit into that clique of the Seder. And the question I'll leave with you, can people in Tukwia Church today easily join your clique? Pillar number six, Thomas was a bit doer and he was always doubting. And Thomas had good reason to be a wee bit doer, because Thomas was also known as Didymus. Thomas was a twin. Now, in the ancient world, they didn't like twins, especially twin boys, because you got a problem with succession. And often the second-born boy was left outside to die of exposure. They did not like twin boys at all. Now this didn't happen to Thomas, they just named him the twin, because Didymus is a Greek word for twin. Imagine calling your second born twin, twin. <laughs> it's like calling your first one Pete, and the second one, repeat. <laughs> Gets worse. <laughs> or your twin girl's Kate, and her sister, Misty. No, we're not going there, the twins. The first one, Kate. The second one, duplicate. Oh, I know. So poor Thomas, he suffered as a twin. And try as he might, he was a bit sceptical by nature. When the disciples were going to Bethany with Jesus, to raise Lazarus from the dead. It was Thomas who came up with this cheery comment. And I can just see him saying that. He says, 
let us also go with Jesus that we may die with him. Do you recognise yourself or someone in the church as Thomas? A bit doer? A bit sceptical? We've got more than one of those. Fill in number seven. Simon the Zealot was a nationalist. The Zealots were keen to keep Israel, Israel. And they hated the Romans, especially the Roman soldiers who were the foreign occupiers. And it must have irked Simon no end when Jesus not only spent time with the Roman soldiers, on one occasion he praised a centurion, I have not seen such faith in all of Israel. He must have gone crazy at that. But there was one group of people that Simon hated more than the Roman soldiers. He hated the tax collectors. Because they were collaborators with the Romans and they were Israelites who not only worked for the Romans, they exploited their own people. And Simon hated Romans and Simon hated tax collectors. Fill in number eight. Simon, meet my disciple Matthew. He's a tax collector. <clears throat> Can you imagine the fellowship or lack of it? That Simon and Matthew shared. <clears throat> Some of the other disciples we don't know much about. James, James the son of Alphaeus, or he got known as James the Less. Not the active, dynamic James, just the lesser James. That must have done wonders for his self-confidence. <laughs> Then there was Judas, the other Judas, not the bad Judas, the other Judas. Don't know about him. He was just not that Judas. Judas! No, no, the other Judas. That's okay. Bartholomew, know very little about him. A son of Pharaohs, is what his name means. And he might have been a landowner, you think. And it might have been Bartholomew that Jesus was looking at when he said... And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or fields. That seems a bit strange there. For my sake, will receive a hundred times as much as they will inherit eternal life. <coughs> Have I missed any? Oh, one. Number nine. Judas Iscariot. He just didn't get the plan. He followed Jesus, but he didn't quite get Jesus. Didn't quite get what he was trying to do. And Judas had his own ideas and his own plans as to how this new kingdom of God that they were talking about had to come into being. Did he go to the high priest to force Jesus' hands? We don't know. We'll never know. But regrettably, most churches have a Judas. So however we look at it, this probably wouldn't have been the team that we would have picked. <coughs> now be honest this morning. How many of the disciples did you think, <coughs> that's like someone into queer? <coughs> now, I've had longer than you. I've slotted somebody into every single <coughs> one of those groups. <laughs> 
And if you don't think you can slot somebody in, that person might be you. <laughs> what made this team great? What made this team into a force that would literally change the world is fill in number 10. What makes Christian communities Christian isn't the presence of Christians, it's the presence of Jesus. And that's what made those 12 disciples great as a team, was the presence of Jesus. I want to leave us with Psalm 133. And it's a super psalm that reminds us of how important unity is. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like a precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. And I love this last verse. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. And I think we've got to join really the first verse and the last verse. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. For there the Lord bestows, some translations say, there the Lord commands a blessing. And that's what we want for the year ahead. You know, we are all different. We thank God there's no uniformity in this church. But that can cause problems sometimes. And I came across this lovely quote. <clears throat> Love it. Community is that place where the person you least want to live with always lives. And when that person moves away, someone else rises to take their place. And that is so true in churches. Jesus started with this mixed bag of 12 people. One of them opted out, but for the 11 that were left, he gave the task of creating a community based on Jesus that would change their world. And this community is still going strong 2,000 years later. And that's our goal for the year ahead. To become stronger in community, a community of strange people living in unity despite our differences, caring for one another, developing the gifts of one another, being generous, generous to one another, bearing the burdens of one another. To queer church, not too different from the original 12. And if Jesus could work through them, then Jesus could work through us. Amen.